Good morning. It's an interesting thing I was thinking about when we were worshiping right now. Um, in the different songs that we sing, we need to be aware of what it is we're actually doing when we're singing these songs. Because there's different songs, different types. You know, there's, there's songs where you're singing to God. There's songs where you're singing about God. And then there's songs where you're making declarations over yourself, which is what we were doing in that last one. But there was one, one lyric in one of the songs talked about letting the love of God sustain you. And I really started thinking, am I letting the love of God sustain me when, when things are rough and they take on a, a natural view of, of hopelessness? Am I allowing the love of God to sustain me through that? we got to be asking ourselves these questions. We can't just let these songs go by and, and not think about these things and not actually look at that. In that last song, we were making a lot of declarations. I will lean back in the loving arms of a beautiful father. That's a declaration. You're declaring what you are going to do, the action you are going to take. So now I can see you. I, now I can see your love is better than all the others that I've seen. In, in that lyric, you have to ask yourself, is that my personal experience? Is my personal experience one that God's love is better than all the other forms of love I've seen? If that's not your experience, you need to get in a space of worship that you'll allow yourself to experience him. Because all of him, he has left himself wide open for you to experience at any time. You have access you don't need to beg for him to, to be there for you. He is there all the time. That last song was just full of declarations, and you just have to ask yourself, am I making these declarations over myself? Or am I just letting this time go by and letting other people do that? Breathe deep and know that he is good. He's a love like no other. You're declaring that. I just want us to be aware of these things. Be aware of when you're singing songs about God. Be aware of when you're singing songs to God. You're giving praise. And be aware when you're making declarations. Your words are powerful, right? We've talked about it over and over and over again. And I hope it's starting to sink in. Finally, your words are powerful. What you say matters. The declarations that you make over yourself, over others, matter. Father, we thank you for that authority, for that dominion to be able to use our voice to declare, to take hold of the aspect of I am and breathe life over one another. To be able to declare over ourselves and over one another and over this world that your love is like no other. Declare that we will lean back and allow your love to sustain us, to be in your arms and rest there. Regardless of what's going on around us, we can rest in your loving arms.
And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Okay. I wanted to say all that before we transition into offering. Lucas, will you grab the basket? Um, and while you're doing that, Angie would like to come and say something. I just wanted to share something with you that I feel like God is inviting us into um, concerning our, our money, our finances. And, and what I heard him say is, I don't want any strings attached to your finances. I don't want any strings attached to your money. And so I just feel like there's this opportunity to enter into this time, the space with Jesus right now and ask him, where has there been strings attached? And what I was seeing, it was like grubby hands, grubby hands attached to our finances, grubby hands attached to our money. And that when we, when we give that, and I hope that you can follow my, my line of thinking here, because sometimes vision is hard to play with, um, is that when we give our money and there is still grubby hands attached to it, it's dirty money and it cannot return as designed. And so it's just an opportunity for us to live more freely in our financial life, to cut off the ties to our money that has really usurped our treasure, what is actually ours. And so can we just, can we take a moment? And I, I, I felt like God started to run down a list of things that actually taint our finances. And, and so whether it's a, a, a word curse, uh, I never have enough, right? And I also heard him talking about betting, and I don't know what that's about because that's foreign to me. But um, make sure that your money is clean and is a pure offering to the Lord because we are being robbed when we aren't giving a pure offering to God. Does this make sense? Does this feel freeing to anyone? It felt free to me. I was like, oh my gosh. There's a return that we're not getting because something has hold of our money. So I don't know where you want to go with that. But. That's good. And, and that can be applied to all aspects of our life. Any type of wealth that we talk about, you can identify grubby hands on it, whether it's relational wealth where you're spending that currency with one another or financial wealth. All right, Lucas, come on around. Just identify where the, the grubby hands are at and uh, tell them to get off. Get your hands off, right? Yeah, it's easy. You have that authority. You're a powerful being. Okay, we are continuing today our Kingdom Currency series. And Jeff is going to come up and he is going to talk about the intangibles. So please give him your undivided attention. And yes, a round of applause, please. Okay, this week we're talking about the intangibles. Turn my mic on. 
It's on. Can we? Can you hear me? Okay. We're talking about the intangibles and, and kingdom currency. Uh, last week, Vince spoke on the tangibles of signs, wonders, and miracles, amongst other things. And um, I kind of found it hard to find a starting place because tangibles motivate the intangibles. Um, and yet the intangible also is the fuel behind the tangibles. So it's kind of circular. You've got, um, like take miracles as an example. When a miracle occurs, it inevitably um, spurs on the faith of the onlooker. And that increase and that inevitably inc results in an increase of the miraculous. So you have miracles happening, and you have faith happening, and that spur spurs miracles. Um, so like I said, it's kind of circular. So what is the intangible? When I started getting ready for this morning, I was prepared to talk about the invisible. Um, but then last week, you know, when Vince started talking about um, signs, wonders, and miracles, I kind of wanted to tie into that. And so I wasn't, um, and so I kind of had to scrap what I was thinking of because I was thinking about talking about the spiritual, angelic, and whatnot. Um, but, there, but that's really more tangible than one might think. Uh, so I guess I need to go back and define the tangible and intangible. The tangible um, is actually something that is perceptible by touch. And the intangible is not able to be touched or grasped, not having a physical presence. So yeah, the angelic would be considered an intangible, while, although it's quite tangible to me. It, to, to some, there, it, it is tangible and some is intangible. So yeah, um, I think... Uh, there are intangibles that flow out of and into the tangibles of signs, wonders, and miracles. And that's faith, hope, and joy. Yeah, you got it. Just kidding. Love. And, but that's a whole message in and of itself. So what is faith? According to dictionary.com, it's a complete trust in something or someone. So faith is, uh, is broader than mere intellectual agreement. Uh, it's quite mystical. Faith breeds the supernatural. Um, I'm going to take a scripture that Lisa read us in this week's Kingdom Indivisible Zoom call. Uh, it's the second half of Hebrews 11.1. 1. In the mirror translation, it says, faith celebrates as certain what hope still visualizes as future. That's, that's something that really, it really caught us. And um, I thought it was really cool. Faith celebrates as certain what hope still visualizes as future. Um, now I'm going to read it in a more traditional translation. Um, now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. 
or faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is substance. It is, it's, it's something and, and it's evidence. Faith itself is concrete substance and connectivity to the divine, the unseen realm, whether it be positive or negative. We can have faith um, in anything. Uh, we can have faith in the Holy Spirit. We can have faith in our negative situation. And, um, and so it's important to, to see where, where we're placing our faith. Um, faith in itself is intangible, yet it produces action, which is tangible. I mean, in its simplest form, or if you want to defi define like or see faith, you can think of prayer. Um, you know, just like you can put your faith into anything, you can pray to anything. But if you don't believe what you're praying to, like, for instance, if I were to pray to Buddha, I know that Buddha is is gone, long gone. So I'm just speaking words into the air. There's no faith attached to it. But when, I, when I'm praying to God, I know that God is alive and God is active in my life. And so there is faith attached to it. And, that, and so that actually is faith. Um, now the word says, even faith that produces action may not realize its hope. Um, in, in, this, in this life. Hebrews 11.13 says that some of the greatest in faith did not receive the promise while they were yet living, and yet they welcomed them from a distance. So like Abraham, he received a promise that he was going to be the father of many nations. But what he saw in this physical realm was Isaac. He didn't see many nations. He received Isaac as the promise of many nations, and that faith was counted to him as righteousness. Now, did you know that Jesus has faith? Why is this so important? Well, often we end up putting faith in faith. And if we are going to do that, why don't we put our faith in what he puts his faith in? What does God put his faith in? Well, he puts his faith in the complete work done on the cross. Hebrews 12, um, 3 says that he did it. He went to the cross for the joy set before him. That joy set before him, he, he had faith that he was going to receive that thing that was joyful to him. So what promises has he given to you or um, I'm sorry. Abraham considered God faithful. God has given promise after promise, and he is faithful. He is full of faith. So what promises has he given to you out of his faithfulness? I mean, if you take a, take, take a second to think about that, then you have something to have faith for. It was actually Jesus' faith in the Father that saved us. The faith of Christ has now been counted as our own. Romans 5, 1, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, 
we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And in the side, in the, in the column, side column of my, my Bible here, I wrote whose, because it doesn't specify whose faith. And I would submit to you that it is Jesus' faith that, um, that has given us access into this grace in which we now stand. So then, so there's, that's faith, and then there's, there's hope. What is, what is hope if not just a different term for faith? Um, I really struggle with this this week because um, hope and faith often are, are looked at kind of in an inter interchangeable um, fashion. Uh, Dictionary.com says hope is a feeling of expectation and a desire for a certain thing to happen. So, um, you know, when I get into my car, I hope that it starts. <laughs> hope, um, you know, there's the example of a, uh, if you take a bridge, for example, um, there's a bridge in Tacoma that goes over the Tacoma Narrows and it's a suspension bridge. And, um, there, there are videos of this bridge being ripped apart by the wind, and they rebuilt the bridge. And when you watch other people go across this bridge, you hope that the wind will not tear it to pieces. Um, but when you cross the bridge, that's faith. Um, or better yet, hope is when you cross the bridge uh, faith is when you allow your children to cross that bridge. Hope is not passive. Hope is, in fact, a foundation of faith. They are not separate entities. They are, they are ordered building blocks. Uh, a famous pastor once said, hope can rob fear of dismal tales, transforming vision into something glorious. Yeah. Okay. Hope can rob fear of dismal tales, transforming vision into something glorious. I think that famous pastor doesn't remember who, who she is that said that. Faith is built on one of two things. It's either built on hope or it's built on fear. Um, like I said, a lot of people interchange hope and faith um, and sometimes people see fear and faith as opposites. But what the opposites are actually is hope and fear. Hope and fear are the building blocks, the foundation where faith can be set. Faith built on fear is allowing a situation to overwhelm. You see a terrible accident and you know that the person is not going to survive. That's, that's fear. Um, that's letting your fear frame up your faith. You're, you're, you're having fear as a building block and setting your faith on it. Um, faith built on hope is that bridge. You allow people to cross when you get to the point of faith, you or your children cross. Um, there is a third foundation for faith, and that is the faith of another. 
Jesus had faith in the Father, and therefore we can base our faith on his. I've got a little bit of a long, long scripture here. Hebrews 16, 6, 13 through 20. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so he had a promise that he could hope for to, to set his faith on. People swear by someone greater than themselves, and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his pro purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is, it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. So we have a hope set before us that we can set our faith on. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Our hope has an anchor. That is, that Jesus went before us, entering on our behalf. We can, so to speak, watch Jesus cross that bridge, and our hope can become faith. So what do we do with this? Yes, faith and hope are intangibles, but how do they apply to us in real tangible senses, in a real tangible sense? First, realize that we're putting our hope and faith in something or someone on an everyday basis. Um, when, when we walk out of the house, we're putting our hope and our faith um, moment by moment into something. And... Um, if we want to take the, the kingdom currency of the intangibles and, and move forward with them, we have to be conscious of what it is that we are putting our hope and faith in. Um, because it's being placed, and if we're not conscious of it, it can be misplaced. So like I said, when I go get in my car, I have a hope that it will start. But when I go to buy something, I have faith that they will accept my money. We have to familiarize ourselves with the promises God has made so that we can even begin to hope. If we don't know what it is that God has promised us, where is it that we're going to put our hope in order to have a foundation for faith? Romans 5, 6, 5 and 6, and hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were all powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Something cool is the promises we put our hope in are in many cases fulfilled. Um, for instance, Jesus coming in the first place was a promise that was made um, thousands of years prior and it's a promise that's fulfilled and we can still put our hope we put our hope on that and it becomes faith 
so we can have an even greater hope in the promises to come. We can put hope in the promises that have yet to be fulfilled um, because there are promises that have been fulfilled. Once we know the promises, we have to allow our faith to grow and produce actions that show it. Christ came and took our sin, and now God has cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. So stop deep sea diving to bring them back up. I mean, suck it up and be forgiven. Once we know the promises, we have to allow our faith to to grow. Oh, that's what I get for reading. So how do we do this even when we don't when we don't see the manifestation of the promise? I'm sure I'm not sure I have a real good answer for that. Um, I mean, really right now it says by his stripes we're healed and yet we see sickness continue. And I don't know what to do except to de- to continue declaring healing. Um I mean, it's a dual issue because I've seen, personally, I've seen healing after healing. And yet there are those in my life that I want healing for still. And so I put my hope in the promises that they're healed and I have faith for that. Another thing is the importance of testimony. We can build our faith by seeing the promises of God fulfilled in each other's lives. Um, like, uh, if you need a financial miracle, find someone who has seen God's faithfulness in their finances. If you need a healing, find a ministry that touches people through the healing power of God. While we each have situations where we need God to come through, we also have stories of how God came through for us. I'm going to conclude with a testimony or two of my own that you can put hope on and build, build that can hopefully build your faith. Um, a few years ago, on Halloween, my mom had a fall. And she was standing on a curb, and she fell into the street, and she broke her shoulder. The, um, the actual, actual ball joint of the shoulder snapped off at a 90-degree angle. And um, they told her she was going to have to have a, a total shoulder replacement, which, um, which is negative because after that point, she would only be able to lift a certain amount um, for the rest of her life, it would never. She would never be able to pick up Bob, which was re- really important to her to be able to pick up her dog. And um, so, a local pastor came by her house and um, and visited her. And uh, he he doesn't tolerate uh, illness and brokenness, and so he prayed over her shoulder. And when she went in to get evaluated. For, uh, for her shoulder replacement, uh, they couldn't figure out how the bone had straightened up and they were able to set it. Um, the, the bone had gone completely from a 90 degree angle to, to straight in 
and they still had to put pins in her in her in her arm, but her shoulder now is completely healed and she's able to lift Bob. <laughs> when I was in high school and for a bit after, I had migraines that were debilitating. I had one that lasted about two years. And um, I went to the doctor and they in, in, prescribed increasing and increasing uh, doses of Motrin. So you, as you can guess, it was a military doctor. Um, and they continued prescribing more and more Motrin until I uh, got an ulcer. And uh, at that time, at this point, the doctor determined that I was making it up. He said that I was lying and not to come back. And, uh, and it, it left me in a pretty hopeless spot because um, it, it was very, very painful and really affected my life. Um, one Sunday, I was called out by, by a chaplain. Um, I was at chapel, and, and in the middle of the service, he just decided to call me up and pray over me. And, um, you know, what happened wasn't based on my faith or my hope because I was hopeless. Um, but he had faith and hope for, for healing. And from that day forward, I've never had a migraine to that degree. Um, a two-year migraine gone, and I was well. Um, my cousin Christian was a skateboarder in California, and he was skating down the street and completely wiped out and, and landed his head on a rock and um, uh, injured himself really badly. And it just so happened that there was a neurosurgeon and an ice truck stuck in the traffic jam right there where he wiped out. The neurosurgeon jumped out of his, out of his vehicle because he saw the accident and pulled ice out of the truck and um, packed Christian's head in ice until um, the ambulance could get there. Uh, now, uh, Christian was in, in a coma for six months and should not, have, should not have recovered. He shouldn't have made it to the coma, except that there was just happened to be the neurosurgeon in the ice truck. And uh, he was in a coma for six months and woke up. And I mean, he's a, he's a different person, um, but you know, he's alive. Now, um, keep in mind that we have faith for signs, wonders, and miracles but we put our faith in the Holy Spirit to accomplish them. So, I mean, there, there's, there's, the, there's the difference. You, you have faith for something and a faith in someone. And that, that someone we have to not overlook is the Holy Spirit. Take testimonies you hear and allow them to be the launching pad into the faith in that area of your life. Hope coming from, your, from the word or from others' testimonies is kingdom currency, and faith is how you spend it.
So, Lord, I thank you so much for what you're doing. I thank you that you're here. And I thank you for your promises that you've given us that we can put our hope in and build faith upon. Lord, we commit ourselves to having, putting our faith in you and um, having faith for what you've declared over our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm on. <laughs> Can you come down here? Actually, yes. <laughs> oh, sneaky, sneaky Jesus. Jeff, that was really good. Thank you. Thank you for that. My goodness. I feel stirred. Rightly so. Yeah, I actually just want you and Robin together. <laughs> Early this morning, God started talking to me about you two together. And this is not something I consider you two separate all the time because I think I spend most of my life with the two of you and, um, and Vince. And, but God started talking to me about the two of you. And then I got here and you started singing this morning and, and you're playing the drums. And I heard him say, Sons of Thunder. And I was like, shoot, your name is James now. And I just, I, I kind of wanted to like let this simmer and just like, you know, find a time later to, to like share this with you guys. But I, I just, well, for whatever reason, God wants you to know this like now. Um, and he said that, um, and this is funny because I think this is an Adele song, but he said, you guys will set fire to the rain. And, and so there was, and I realized that this is a, a portion of scripture where Jesus actually gets on to James and John because they want to call down fire in, in terms of punishment. But it was very clear that he's saying that the two of you together, that there is a power that happens when you two come together. And I have knowledge of these two, intimate knowledge of these two. I've had to listen to the same childhood stories a hundred thousand times, right, Jeff? <laughs> and the shenanigans are endless. If you've ever had to, to um, be a part of any kind of a family adventure with these two, these stories start to come up where, you know, heads went through walls, phones were pulled off, I don't know, all kinds of things. Healings that took place by um, toothpaste where there wasn't a need. Um, I mean, like... <laughs> The stories are endless, but what I felt like God was saying is that there's more. There's more to come, and he wants to use the two of you to bring about the more. And there's some very specific things, and so I'm just going to read them because I don't want to miss anything. Um, 
You have the ability to call down fire. There's a co-joining that the Lord intends to unleash as power through the two of you together. And then he starts talking to me about the names, James and John. The name James and Jacob can be interchanged very easily. And it actually means supplanter. And what God was showing me is that he's actually going to be taking you guys from a James Jacob season into a John season. James means supplanter, which means stealing, taking something that is not yours. He's taking you from a season of having things taken from you into a season of return and revelation. I don't know how you two are like exactly. And and Christy like set the stage perfectly this morning with all of the, the cheers and excitement because this was super exciting to me because I'm a beneficiary. <laughs> exactly. I get in on this. But anyway, very, very distinctly, Holy Spirit said these words, you have been robbed. You've been robbed, and you've been robbed in in different areas. You've been robbed in your health, and you've been robbed in your spiritual inheritance. There is a a spiritual inheritance that's actually yours that I believe comes from your your dad's side that, that he's wanting you to tap into to go and plunder because it belongs to you. And I don't know the implications of that. I don't even know what it is. I just know that it's very much tied to your dad's side of the family, that there is a spiritual inheritance that he's wanting you to pull on. He said, you will go from wrestling with God to fathering nations, which is huge. And, and I, I know, see, intimate knowledge. See, you can, you, <laughs> see, the reason why I paid attention is because I know you two really well. <laughs> And, and these were things that were coming at me that I'm going, oh my gosh, I know the wrestling with God story. I know what that's looked like, but for him to be like, watch, I'm taking you from a Jacob season into a John season, into a revelation season. You're going to go from wrestling into revelating. That's so fun. Um, at Revelators, you will have the corner on Revelation as it pertains to inheritance. You will know what it means to be landlords. Not good. Is anybody loving this? Okay. And then he said that he's reversing the curse over your bodies even now. And I really, I saw him do this. I saw him begin this work to reverse the curse that, that is settled into your bones and, and like there's been health issues and he's wanting to reverse that curse. And he says, it starts now and he's healing you from the inside out. You guys just seriously stretch your hands towards these two and just declare wholeness over them. Father, we just thank you for wholeness. We thank you for unleashed healing power over John and Robin right now in the name of Jesus, that your pure intention would be known in their lives and that their physical bodies would be able to keep up with your call and your destiny over them. In Jesus' name. All right, where are we at? I'm going to. Uh, He says to be mindful to not side with what has been for today is a new day for both of you. And over the next few months, you will experience a reforming in your physical bodies, your mind and your souls. 
He's shaping you as keys to unlock your inheritance, which includes the harvest of family returning to first love. And also to take back what has been stolen. And I know we could easily point to your dad and say, that's been stolen. And there's that and so much more that you've never even be able to, been able to lock eyes with because your dad has been such a huge thing. But there are things beyond that even that will come flooding in. And it's such a cool picture to, to realize that he's taking you and wanting to form you as keys to physically unlock things. So can you guys, can we just gather around them? I just, I want to bless them. Just begin, and if you're still with us online, are you getting the oil? Did I say that right, Hunter? <laughs> oil? Oil? <laughs> hmm. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, get them. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we just unleash the fire that you intend for these two to carry, the fire that will set fire to the rain. God, that the miracles, the signs, and the wonders that you plan for these two to unleash, we just, we, we say yes to that. We say yes to the healing that will come forth out of these two that you're declaring as sons of thunder. God, that these two can create a rocket spiritually for the kingdom of God that they will be those who go in and plunder the enemy's camp and take back what belongs to you, Father. God, we just bless them. Guys, just release blessing over them. Seriously, open your mouths. Release blessing over them. Come on, be bold. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. I just see strategy, spiritual strategy that God is just dropping inside of you guys, that you will be able to untangle the worst of the worst. You'll just know. You'll know how to get people out of stuck places. And quickly, not over years like it's taken you. Quickly. Father, we just bless John and Robin, James and John, to go forth and do your work, God. Amen. Amen. <laughs>